Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome to church this morning on this great Mother's Day. And how about we do this for everybody that's listening online today. Let's give them a great round of applause. All the mothers that are listening online. And uh, we love you. I love you, mom. If it wasn't for you, mom, I would not be here. So thanks. And uh, my mom's a great mom. She's uh, uh, showed us a lot by example, not just with words, but with ex- a great example. And I'm so thankful uh, for my mom. And, and uh, so today we're going to talk about grace is grateful. Welcome to part four of a series that we've entitled Grace, Discovering the Heart of God. And today what I want to do is I want to show you the connection between grace, gratitude, and joy. Maybe you're here today and you just kind of feel like, man, things have been going your way and and it just feels like your joy is not there. Well, today we're going to look at the connection between these three. We've talked about what grace is. Grace is God's undeserved. How many of you know you cannot uh, earn God's grace? We didn't deserve it, yet he gives it anyway. It's God's undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor in our life that God gives us. And how do you get God's grace? You receive God's grace. You can't earn it through works. You actually receive it. And today, let's look at how grace is grateful. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. It says this, Paul's writing, and he says, For all things are for your sakes, so that the grace... Would everybody say that with me? Would you say grace this morning? So that the grace, which is spreading to more and more people, may cause... The giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. What I want to do today is I want to give you six truths. You can write them down and we're going to turn to some scriptures today. And I I would just recommend that you don't turn to all of them, but you just kind of write them down. This message to me in this last two years has helped me so much. You know, a lot of times um, I am preaching to you what I'm already practicing. And there's other times I'm preaching to you things that I need to practice more. Because how many of you know I am a human being as myself? I am not perfect myself. And every time I read the Bible, I get more out of it. And I realize, man, I can do this, I can do that. But today's message is something that comes from a revelation that I have I understand, if you will understand the connection between grace and gratefulness, you will understand joy. Here's the first truth. Number one, grace causes thanksgiving. Grace causes thanksgiving. This is what Paul says. Now, I want to show you something. I'm not a Greek scholar. I read books about Greek. For those of you that may be coming back to church for the first time, the New Testament was written in a language called Greek. And the Greek word for the word grace is charis. Everybody say that with me. Say charis. Charis. Now, what I find very interesting is this word charis is also in the word thanksgiving. Look at the Greek word for the word thanksgiving. It is this. It is you charis tio. You charis tio. Now, here's what's also amazing. Look at the Greek word for joy. The Greek word for joy is kara. 
So here you have the word charis, and in the middle of the word thanksgiving is eucharis, and then the foundation of all these is kara. All of these three are linked together. Grace causes thanksgiving in your life. When you recognize the grace of God, what you're going to find, and here's number two, that God's grace in your life causes thanksgiving, and here's the result. Joy comes from that. Joy comes from recognizing God's grace that causes thanksgiving in your life, and the result is joy. You know, a person that is not grateful is usually a person who is not graceful. Let me say that again. A person who is not grateful is usually a person who is not graceful. You know what I have found? I have found that many people, usually you can tell how much grace a person is flowing in because of how much grace they give to others. See, you cannot give to others what you don't have. And so when I am recognizing God's grace, the result is I honor God in thanksgiving. I give thanks. I'm grateful. Full of grace, grateful. They are the same. To be full of grace is to be full of thanksgiving. You know, we use these words interchangeably, especially during the holidays, during Thanksgiving. I don't know if when you get to with your family, they say, who's going to say grace? We say, who's going to say grace? You know what we're saying is we're saying, who's going to give thanks? Those words are used interchangeably. And so I want us, and this series has been about us focusing on God's grace. And if you stop to think about his grace, it always produces thanksgiving. Let me give you a little example by asking you some questions. How many of you today are thankful that when you woke up, you woke up in your own bed and you didn't wake up in a jail cell? How many of you are thankful for that, right? Right, at least some of you haven't been caught yet. Come on, somebody, right? How many of you are thankful that when you opened your eyes today, you were in your own house and not in a hospital in ICU? How many of you are thankful for that? We're we're thankful for that. How many of you are thankful that the San Diego Chargers are now the LA Chargers? I knew I wouldn't get any amens on that. Nobody's seeing the grace of God in that. How many of you are thankful that we live in a country where we don't have to look around to say the name of Jesus for fear of persecution, that we can come into a place and we can lift our hands and say, God, I love you, Jesus, I love you, and we are free. Anybody thankful for a, a country like that? See, when you start to look at the grace of God, basically what you're saying is, you know what, I'm seeing God's favors in my life. I'm seeing things that I could not do for myself. See, I got married to a beautiful woman. Her name is Valerie. Her name was Valerie Rodarte. You can't say Valerie Rodarte. You have to say and roll the R like a good Mexican and say Rodarte. Right? And so we are Mexicans, not Mexicans. Come on, somebody. Speak for my people. Actually, in Christ, the Bible says there's no gender. There's no, you know, we're all about every once in a while. I like to bring it out. You know what I'm saying? Because Mexican food is the best food on the planet. Come on. Some of you aren't clapping because you never tasted it. Let me give you some Bible. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. But meeting my wife, it was all the grace of God. I don't know what God did. He must have blinded her eyes. 
I don't know. But how would I get somebody so hot like her and look at me, right? I thank God for who I am, but I married way out of my league. Come on, somebody. I did. And you know what? I saw the grace of God. I see the grace of God. And I know we laugh, but I have a point. See, because I remember when I was single. And I remember before I had somebody to argue with, I had to argue with myself. And so whenever Val and I are having a disagreement, I always stop and give thanks because she's in my life. Because I remember being single, nobody wanted to argue with me. I had to argue with myself. So I look at grace and thanksgiving and giving thanks and even the most interesting situations because when you stop and you're even thankful that you have somebody to argue with, it changes your perspective. There was times where my son would get down on the floor and he would throw a a tantrum. And in those moments, I would just take a moment and say, you know what, God? Number one, I'm thankful that I have children because I know people who are praying and believing for children and do not have it, but somehow you have graced me with this child. I know he's acting like a demon right now, but you know what? I'm thankful. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you've given me a child. I am. I'm really, really thankful. Do you know that when you start thinking about thanksgiving and grace, I've counseled many people who have lost, God bless you, and so many people have lost a loved one and just counseling people. And one of the things that I've always done, because I've understood what thanksgiving does, thanksgiving always results in joy. And in counseling people who have lost a loved one, we'll start talking about their loss and they'll talk about their loss. And yes, it is a loss and we will miss them. But when I start to talk about, hey, let's start to think and thank God for the time that we did have with them. Let's remind ourselves of how great they were. Let's remind ourselves of those moments that we spent time with them. You know what happens? The atmosphere starts to change. Why? Because all of a sudden, we're not focused on what we've lost. We've focused on the grace that God has given us, and we thank God for the moments we do have instead of focusing what we don't have. And see, this is what Thanksgiving always does. And this is important because as we go into next week, many people are not grateful for what God is doing in their life right now. Many people, see, when you're ungrateful, you are not recognizing the grace that God is already working in your life. See, one of the keys of living a joyful life is being aggressively thankful. Aggressively thankful thankful. The other day I was meeting with one of our volunteers at Starbucks and uh, I, we had left the meeting and I just noticed that there was a manager there from Starbucks and she had a lot of the employees and uh, I was just walking by and they were talking loud. It wasn't like I was eavesdropping or anything, but uh, I, I just remember her telling the employees, it's so important that as our customers come and get their drinks, that we thank them for coming. And I thought, They're on to something because she was telling them they could have went somewhere else and got their coffee, but they came here. So we need to be thankful. And I thought about how in our lives so many times we take little things for granted. And yet the grace of God is moving in our lives. And one of the keys to living a joyful life is being aggressively thankful. You know, one thing I've learned about joyful people and those who aren't, I've learned one of the major characteristics of people who aren't joyful is they're ungrateful. 
The people who are not joyful, a lot of times it is because they're ungrateful. Now, they may have a lot of other things going on, but I'm going to tell you this. It's easy in today's culture to be ungrateful. I've learned this with my son and those of you who have kids. Uh, you know, what's interesting is that he always thinks that he doesn't have toys. But I can go in his room and show him hundreds of millions of toys that he has. But because he feels like he doesn't have the latest and the greatest, he feels like he's lacking. And many times in our life, we're like my son. We think that God is trying to withhold something and we're missing out. And we don't even see the toys that he's already given us and thank him for the grace that's already working in our lives. Come on, somebody, this morning. And I want to encourage you today, God's grace is working in your life. Let me give you a couple of examples of what Jesus did and how Jesus used Thanksgiving. How many of you think that Jesus is a pretty good example of this? And so I just turned real quick to John chapter 6, verse 5. If you have your Bibles, you can look at it. And then your Bibles are with our new Passion Life Church app. It's awesome. There's a Bible in there. In the church app, there's prayer requests. You can send us prayer requests. Really excited about that. But uh, as you're turning there... Everybody knows about this story pretty much. If you don't, Jesus has a huge following. People are following him. And uh, there's about 5,000 men. So that means that there's actually more people because they were just counting heads of households. So it's maybe seven, 10,000 people are following Jesus. And those people were hungry. And I love Jesus because he wants to feed his people. And the story picks up here. And it's interesting about this particular miracle is that he, this particular miracle is recorded in all four Gospels. And we pick it up in verse 5. It says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these people may eat? But this he said to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. In verse 7, Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Everybody say that with me. Say, a little. So Jesus is talking to Philip. He's like, how are we going to feed all these people? It's not like there's a subway around here where you can get, you know, $3,005 footlongs. He's asking... and. Philip looks in his hand, he goes, I only have, you know, this amount of money. I only have 200 denarii. With this, it is not sufficient. And if we were to use this, everyone would get a little. The problem with Philip is, is he's looking at his money, but he's not looking at Jesus. Because whatever you look at, at that you have in your hand, he's looking, oh, this isn't enough. But yet the one that is more than enough is standing right next to him and his name is Jesus. And sometimes we can get like that in our lives. We look at what we have in our hand and it's just not enough. Have you ever been there? Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, "This there's a lad, and here, he has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but are they, uh, what are they among so many? Have you ever felt that way? You look at your hand, you look what you have. I only got five loaves and two fishes, but this is not enough for what I need. He says, what is this among so many? Many, verse 10, then Jesus said, make the people sit down. I always wondered why he asked them to sit down. And then I realized 
that the best position for you to receive anything from Jesus is in a position of rest, resting in him. Everybody, there's commotion and Jesus says, I want you to sit down because if you want to receive from me, I want you to receive in a position of rest. And so he makes them all sit down. And then it says, now there was much grass in the place. So the men, down in number, uh, the men sat down in number of 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. Ladies and gentlemen, that word right there that he had given thanks is the word eucharistio. It is thanksgiving. And the root word in there is grace. So Jesus took five loaves and two fishes and what he did was he said thanks and I want you to notice something he gave thanks before he distributed it he gave thanks before he distributed it and look what happens and when he had given thanks he distributed it to the disciples watch this and to the disciples those sitting down likewise of the fish as much as they wanted so when they were filled he said to the disciples gather up the fragments that remain so nothing is lost therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Notice Philip is looking at what he has in his hand. Andrew's looking at the huge need. And you know what? Then finally they consider Jesus. First, they're limiting him because they're looking at only what they have in their hand. But I love what they do next. They take that little five loaves and two fishes and they put it in Jesus' hand. Watch what Jesus does. Jesus knows that what he has in his hand is not enough to meet the need of the 5,000. So what does he do? He does not focus on what he doesn't have. He focuses on what's right in his hand and he says grace over what he has in his hand. And he says, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. He says, grace. And guess what happens? Before he begins to distribute it, he says, grace. And as they distribute it, God multiplies the five loaves and two fishes. I came to tell you today, here's number three. Grace is a multiplier. It's a multiplier. See, in our math, Five plus two equals seven. But in God's math, five plus two equals 5,000. You know what I love about this? Is the Bible said that these people, I mean, it's a miracle in itself that everybody ate. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible didn't say that they just ate. The Bible said that they just kept eating and eating and eating till they were full. And so the five loaves and the two fishes kept multiplying till every single person in the crowd was fully satisfied. And you know what? God didn't stop there. There were still 12 baskets left over. And I think there's a lesson here, my church family, because sometimes we look at our hand, we look at our paycheck and it's not enough. And you know, many of us don't give thanks for what we already have. We don't give thanks for the money that's already coming in because we're always looking at what we don't have. And see, if you'll begin to take what God has given you, see, the reason that you have a job is because God's grace is already working in your life. But if you don't recognize that his grace is already working in your life because he gave you a job, you're not going to recognize when he does more. Are you still there? 
See, some of us would get five loaves and two fishes and go, this ain't enough, I'm going home. But that's not what Jesus did. He said, I didn't have five loaves and two fishes before, so now I have it. And I didn't get it by myself. This little boy, aren't you grateful that he put his lunch in Jesus's hands? If you will put what you have in Jesus's hands, he will multiply it for you. That is the grace of God. Come on, let's give him a great round of applause. And I just wonder what would happen if we just started thanking God. You walk into a restaurant, somebody opens the door for you. You didn't have to open the door and you say, thank you. You know, I just started saying thank you. I remember one time uh, I was going to Starbucks. Most of my stories take place at Starbucks, so I'm just going to let you know, and you're figuring out that I hang out there a lot. But I was, remember I was in the drive-thru, and it was taking long, and they usually don't take that long. And I was sitting there, I was frustrated, and, and, and I, remember, I remember this message because I said, okay, Lord, what can I be thankful for right now? Number one, I can be thankful for that I'm at Starbucks. Amen. Now, I may not be up there yet, but I'm on my way and I'm here. And I begin, to, I'm thankful that I'm in a truck. I'm thankful I didn't have to walk here. And I just began to thank God. You know what happened? That frustration turned into joy. The line started moving. And when I got up to the window, the lady said, hey, listen, I'm sorry for your wait. Your drink is free today. You know, but I could have pulled up to the window and said, you know, you guys are so big, big, you blanket, bleep, bleep, bleep. But I didn't because by the time I got up there, I had joy. Why? Because I stopped and thanked God for what I had in the moment. And grace is a multiplier. Pastor Phil, I just don't like my job. Why don't you thank God you have one? It may not be the job you want, but I'll tell you what, doors are not going to open for ungrateful people. You can tweet that. Pastor Phil, I don't like my hair. Thank God you have hair. I don't like my wife. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll introduce you to some singles who are praying for a spouse. But see, this is what we do. It was God's grace in your life. But we have to say, thank you. And one of the things that you need to know about God, here's number four, is God never despises weak and small things. You know, God used the tears, the little small tears of a little baby named Moses his little tears moved the heart of Pharaoh's daughter to take him in. You know what? God looked at Moses, the great deliverer who would deliver his people from Egypt. And this is what God said to Moses. Hey, Mo, listen, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand right now? And Moses had a rod. And I would ask you today, what do you have in your hand? And here's what I, one of the things that I've learned God will use what you have in your hand to get to what you have in your heart or to get you to what he's placed in your heart. Moses wanted to deliver his, uh, God's people. He wanted to play a part. He had that in his heart. But you know what God asked him? What do you have in your hand? And many times God will use what you have in your hand to do what he's placed in your heart. And so he looks at this rod and it's just a piece of Wood, But how many of you know when you lay that rod down, it turned into something supernatural? If you read later on, it's pretty amazing. First, as you read it, it's called Moses' rod. But then you know what? It turns into, the Bible calls it the rod of God. A little small stick. What do you have in your hand? God never despises the little small thing. 
Ask David. He used a little boy's sling and a rock to kill a giant. Ask Samson. Samson killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. And when Jesus wanted to teach the disciples about humility, you know what he said? Bring the children. Bring these little small kids. Bring them unto me. And God never despises weak and small things. You know, I think it's important not only to talk about saving grace, but you know what? Many of you in this room, I would say all of you in this room, God has given you a grace to do something. See, I think sometimes when we think about ministry, we just think about, well, I'm not the pastor. I, you know, I don't have a microphone. No, you don't have a microphone, but your life amplifies what's going on. You do have a platform, whether it's at work. And many of you in this room are graced for different things. And I think sometimes because we just say, well, I'm just not a pastor. No, God has not called everybody to be a pastor. But I will say this. Do you know what? God has called people to, and given them a gift of hospitality. Some of you have been graced with intercession. Some of you have, all of us have a different grace. And I will say that if you get outside of that grace of what God's calling you to do, then you can get really frustrated. And I've learned that God has a grace for me and the areas that I'm not graced, I let other people who are graced do those things for me. But you are graced. Come on, will you touch your neighbor just real quick and say, you're graced to do something for God. You know, we just read this miracle of the 5,000 and more that Jesus fed. And as I read in that chapter, Jesus goes on, he walks on water, he comes back. But then I think the Holy Spirit highlights something again. In John chapter 6, verse 23, listen to this verse. It says, however, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. So we read about this incredible miracle. Then the chapter moves on to Jesus doing other things. Then the Holy Spirit comes back and reminds us that the miracle of the feeding of the thousands, it highlights that Jesus gave thanks. Jesus gave thanks. Here's number five. Thanksgiving is to be given before the miracle, not just after the miracle. It's easy. Oh, thank you, God, you came through. But you're going to notice in another story here that you know what? Jesus gave thanks before the miracle. Because, see, Thanksgiving creates abundance, and the miracle of multiplying happens when I get, say, grace. And what happens will is that Thanksgiving will change your perspective. Look at this story. Jesus' friend has died, his name's Lazarus. Jesus is crying. Jesus is, I mean, he, he's moved. How many of you know he was 100% God and 100% man? He wasn't human. I mean, he felt things and he was crying and Lazarus is dead. And so Jesus is crying and Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. He stinks. The King James says he stinketh. He stinketh. And look what Jesus does. He gets up. He asks them to roll away the stone and look at his response in John eleven forty one. It says, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. That word right there is eucharistio, grace. He said, I thank you that you have heard me. 
So Jesus is so thankful. He's about to raise somebody from the dead and he pauses for a moment and he actually says, God, I'm thankful that in this moment that you even hear my prayer. Can I ask you, when was the last time you were just thankful that God is listening to you? My friends, that is gratitude to say, I can pray. Thank you, God, that you hear me. Verse 42, and I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And you know what? Lazarus came forth. But before the miracle, before the hoopla, before everything, the dead man came to life. You know what Jesus did? He stopped and gave thanks before he saw the results. And again, what is he doing? See, here's what we do. Here's the dead man. I don't know if I have enough power. I don't know what I can do. The situation, he's not alive. Jesus didn't concentrate on what he didn't have. Jesus said, I'm just thankful in this moment that God hears me because God listening to my prayer can be the, the, what catapults this whole miracle. And I'm saying that if you don't focus on what you have and are thankful, you can miss the grace of what God is already doing in your life. And here's number six, thanksgiving brings more into your life. How do I know this? Look at this other story. There's 10 lepers. Now you need to know something about lepers is they were unclean. And back then leprosy was really contagious and they could not just be in a crowd. It was, they were, I mean, this not only affected their physical body, affected their emotions, family couldn't be around them. It was tough. And there's 10 lepers and they come to Jesus in Luke chapter 17, verse 14. You can just write this down if you're taking notes. And it says this. So when they saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. So they come to Jesus and Jesus says, look, go show yourselves to the priest and you will be healed. And so it was as they went. See, here's what I've learned about miracles. God will do it in your life and sometimes it's boom, it's spontaneous. But some miracles happen as you go. Some miracles happen as you're following God's footsteps and you take that step of faith, the miracle begins to unravel. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, everybody say one of them. One of them, he saw that when he was healed, returned with a loud voice and glorified God. And he fell down on his face and he fell down on his feet and said this, on his faith, at Jesus' feet, it said this, giving him thanks. You know what that word is? Eucharistio. He got down at Jesus' feet and said, grace. He said, thank you. You know what's amazing? The Bible says he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, look at this, because Jesus is looking for thankful people. Jesus said, Weren't there 10 cleansed? Weren't there 10? But where are the other nine? 
Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? It took a, for, it took a Samaritan. The Samaritan and the Jews did not like each other, but the Samaritan knew enough to come back and say thanks. And watch this. Now Jesus is going to say something to this man who said thank you. Verse 19, and he said to them, arise, go, your faith has made you whole. Look, listen to what happened. This one particular leper comes back and says, thank you to Jesus. Guess what he got? He got more. He got a revelation of how the whole miracle happened. Jesus says, you come back and say, thank you. I want to tell you something. Your faith made you whole. So if something happens in your life again, just remember, it was all about your faith in me that made you whole. But can I say this? The nine that left, they didn't get more. They got a miracle. Oh, that's enough. That's great. I'm happy they got healed. But you know what? God wants to give us more. But they didn't come back and say, thank you. And Thanksgiving brings more into your life. Thanksgiving will always bring more because Thanksgiving allows grace to flow in your life. See, God didn't just give us grace for us. He gave us grace so it will flow to other people. God didn't just forgive you to forgive you. God gave you forgiveness so you would forgive others. God didn't just love you to love you. God gave you so much love that it would overflow from you to other people. That's why under grace, and this is leading into next week, it's so important. God never asks you to do something that he will not give you the grace and the power to do. That's why when he says forgive, that's not self-effort. I'm trying to forgive you. That's you stop and you thank God. I am so forgiven. All my sins, God, you've so forgiven me. And then someone cuts you off on the freeway and you can't forgive them after the millions of sins that God has forgiven you. Somebody stabbed you in the back and you won't forgive them when they tore Jesus's back from him. And he on the cross can say, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, under grace, I forgive you because I'm so thankful that I am forgiven. Under grace, I can love you and my enemies because God has loved me so much. The Bible says that we are so loved. God so loved the world. You know, the Bible says that this is not love that you loved God. This is love that he loved you first. And I would encourage you when you get stuck and we're going to close right here and we're going to take this into next week. Some people are blocking the grace of God in their lives because they're not thankful for what he's already given them. And this morning, if you're here and you're, you're challenged and frustrated because you cannot forgive, it's because you are not being thankful for the forgiveness that God has so greatly given you. And I'm all about grace, but let me say this today as we close. Our sins cost God's son his life. And I think there's something in our mind that thinks that when Jesus came, he didn't feel anything. That he was 100% God, but he really didn't feel. My church family, he was in agony. And he could have come at any time in history to pay for our sins. If he would have come now, it would have been lethal injection. And he could have given it to him and pfft, that's it. He's gone. 
But he came when capital punishment was at its absolute worst so he could feel it, feel the pain, understand what you and I went through. And let's not, let's not have mixed emotions about this. Jesus, they didn't take his life. He laid down his life for you. And on the cross, he was dying for the very Roman soldiers that were putting the nails in his hands. And he said, forgive them. And I want to remind you today, as you withhold forgiveness from others, God has greatly forgiven you. And when you say that you can't love other people, sometimes you're not as lovable as well. Don't look at your spouse. Come on, tractor beam. And I think sometimes we forget this great grace that has been poured out. And when you're thankful, you're recognizing God's grace and it produces joy. Today, as we close, just as you're seated, I just want to ask a couple of questions. And if God has done something in your life, according to the question that I just asked, I want you to raise your hand today. How many of you would say just in this last year, God has answered one prayer in your life? Let me see. Come on, lift it up high. Look at all the hands. Look at all the hands. We're grateful. How many of you have seen in this last year, God has helped you financially somehow this last year? Come on. Put it down. I'm going to ask one more time. Because sometimes we say, God, I need more finances. And the next day you get a call. Hey, there's some overtime here at work. And you're like, I don't want to do that overtime. <laughs> you just prayed. And God opened a door for overtime. That's God's grace. So let me ask again, how many of you have seen financially God opened up the door in your life? He's done something. How many of you have seen God do something incredible in your family? Let me see. He's brought restoration. Awesome, awesome. How many of you have seen that God make a way where you thought there seemed to be no way. Come on, let me see your hand. You didn't see a way, but he made a way. How many of you have seen a relationship restored that you didn't think would be restored? Come on, somebody. We have. How many of you in this room, maybe even this last year, God has restored hope in your life? Hope, hope, hope. Can I just tell you, if you're still alive, there's hope. Jesus is hope. How many of you have seen God heal your body at some point? Let me see. You know, you can put your hands down. I think about this all the time. You know, even when we get attacked and we're, we're sick, so many times we focus on what's sick instead of thanking God for everything else that is working well. When was the last time you got up and you just said, see, here's what we do. Like, God, heal me. But then on the days that we feel great, do we stand up and say, God, thank you for my health today. Thank you that I am healed, that I am whole. See, we have seen God's grace and it results in being grateful. And you know what? We experience joy. And today, if you feel like, man, I'm just not joyful. You know what you need to do today? Go home and make a list and start counting your blessings. Count your blessings and you will see the grace of God. Grateful, graceful. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 